Welcome everyone to this episode of Palmetto Guardian. Today, the three of us will be sitting down and getting to know each other. Welcome everyone, I'm Sergeant Chelsea Baker. And I'm Specialist David Erskine. And I'm Sergeant Tim Andrews. And in this episode, we're going to do something a little bit different. Yes. Um, we're, we're not per se having a, a special guest on, on today. It's going to be us three, but we actually have um, an interview uh, for um, Sergeant First Class Retired Don Sorensen. He came in and talked with us, and he just had like a lot of little nuggets of wisdom and things like that. So we thought we'd do a little something different today, and, and basically we're going to kind of break apart what he said. We obviously pre-recorded it. And we're just going to kind of discuss around some of this stuff because I think, I think some of the, the points he brought up are, are interesting for discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, there might be people at this table currently and, of course, some of y'all out there that have different uh, points of view based on it. And uh, I think it, it, it might bring uh, an interesting conversation to the podcast. Um, but we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later on in this in particular podcast. Um, we're just going to catch up and shoot the breeze because I think this is this is the first time all three of us have been at the table at the same time, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. um, y'all might have noticed that Sergeant Andrews has been jumping in and, and doing some of the podcasts from here here and there and whatnot, and we're just mixing people up. But this is the first, first time all three of us have been at the table at one time with all the new equipment and everything. Yes. So how's everybody at the table doing today? Good. Doing good. <laughs> busy. <laughs> busy, yeah. Always yeah, busy. We're, we actually are pretty steady right now. Yeah. We bring that up a lot, but we are. We're actually pretty steady. I wish people could see our calendar. Like, it looks like a bunch of chicken scratch, but we have a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're moving through stuff. Y'all are obviously very interested in the products we're producing, so y'all keep asking we keep making, mm-hmm. which is good. Keeps us busy, so yeah, feel free whenever y'all want to. Let us know. Yeah, leave us some comments. Yeah, comments. Comments, big thing. Um, we want y'all to interact with us on on our social media platforms, YouTube, Facebook, wherever wherever you might be reaching out to the to the South Carolina National Guard, especially about the podcast mm-hmm. topics. Always, what we can do better, what we are doing well, I guess, at this point in time. Um, now, let's kick it over here to Sergeant Andrews for a couple minutes. Now, you're uh, – don't be nervous. It's okay. I know you haven't done a podcast with me yet, but don't be nervous. Um, so, you're fairly new to the shop. We got you here, what, a couple months at this point in time? Yeah, I started around the um, – when, when I got to the shop, that was like maybe half a month ago. Maybe a half a month ago to the shop, but t- two months in total in public affairs, right? Yeah, we'll go with that. Okay, yeah. yeah. Now, uh, you're, you're not uh, – you're not a public affairs person originally, are you? No. No. So I'm a 14 Sierra. I'm an air defense artillery uh, crew member, and I work with the I work with the Avenger Weapon System. You're part of our our double yeah. A community, right? The Army yeah, Air Missile Defense Command folks and all that, and ADA and all that kind of things. Yeah. Now you've deployed with them, correct? Yeah, I went to Germany last year. Okay. Yeah, 678. No, 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 no. Um, no, you went second to 260. So yeah. I did not go with the uh, brigade, but I went with the battalion. I went to Germany. We were uh, we were separate from them from uh, 678th. Okay, okay, yeah. But that was at the same time that all those those folks went. And so you uh 
you wound up with us because you obviously have an interest in podcasting. <laughs> I have an interest in uh, the. Uh, I have an interest in uh, photography, uh, digital illustration, uh, graphics. So uh, and and you did some of that stuff in college, right? I did. I was a uh, studio art major at North Greenville University. So basically, we got an air missile defense person sitting here, an MP, and a uh, prior medic, all sitting here. That's crazy. That wound up in public affairs. Um, and look where we're at now. I know. Doing great things. King, for the guard. king and queens of the world, right? <laughs> Living the rock star lifestyle. Yeah. Um, so yeah, have I have I, have I been keeping you busy since you came over here? Yeah. Uh, I was like, okay, I'm learning more than I thought about, okay, more than just photo, more than just dealing with the uh, mechanics, and more than I ever thought I would ever be learning, Yeah. or learning in general. So. Yeah, our, our pace is a little bit different than what you might think it is, just walking around, right? Yeah, it definitely, um, it, it's different from uh, tag building. Oh, yeah, we'll get you we'll get you trained up for sure at some <laughs> point. We'll be hustling over here a good bit, so um, if we could just get Baker motivated. Hey, now. You know, yeah. it's like having a tricycle with a bad wheel. It just really doesn't work out that way. And this is living proof that everybody can see what I deal with <laughs> on a daily basis. <laughs> um, but no, we, we have we have a lot of fun, and we, we we put out a fair amount of work and things like that. Um, uh, we have any sports fans? Am I the only sports fan at the no, table? No, you're not the only. Oh, that's right. You're you're a Steelers fan. <laughs> Define sports. Uh, Define sports. Uh, like you into cricket or what? No, 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 no. I'm not, not I'm cricket. Not, I'm not knocking down cricket. Oh, do, you have a, do you have a crickets button? I don't know. Do I? No, that was the wrong one. No, no. that's the wrong one. There, there we, we go. go. Hey, yeah, <laughs> I'm still learning this. There you go. So, not that I'm knocking cricket. Cricket's uh, it's an amazing sport. To if all you're a cricket if you, fans out there. To all our cricket <laughs> fans that may be listening. Um, no, so you sports, what, what do you consider a sport? Uh, okay. What, what about weightlifting? Like powerlifting, Olympic lifting? I mean, I'm assuming some people in the world consider that a sport. Yeah, some people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're into powerlifting, you're into bad football. Oh my gosh. The Steelers, yeah. It's terrible, right? Everybody has their bad years, okay? And this, Ooh, I mean, had... they're rounding out a decade at this point in time, <laughs> no. right? It has not been that long. No, it hasn't. So you're into powerlifting, things like that, uh, right? Powerlifting, um, yeah. I, uh, powerlifting, uh, I got into Olympic weightlifting, had fun with that. Yeah. Uh, I tried that, for, tried, at, tried that for half a year, and that was really fun. I mean, they have cheerleaders and stuff at these events? or uh, <laughs> No, not at all. Oh. <laughs> it seems like they sell uh, popcorn, hot dogs, uh, beer? Eh, yeah, probably beer. This is not a very good sport. <laughs> um, I don't know if I'm flowing with it. No. Um you mentioned that, but I mean, the South Carolina National Guard has actually had some uh, competitors and stuff in that in that realm in the powerlifting and stuff like oh, that. Oh, really? Yeah. See, you didn't know. We uh, had there's know, some yeah. folks here in the guard. I know. I've, I've met them. They do they do uh, powerlifting events and things like that. And I yeah. think a couple of our folks even got recognized at one point in time. That's mm-hmm. definitely going to help out when it comes out to the uh, Army Combat Fitness Test. We yeah. do that. Uh, what is that? Three rep deadlift? Yeah, the deadlift. Yeah, yeah so I mean, definitely gonna help out. Um, now let's explain to everybody why you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I oh. mean, <laughs> oh, there's nothing me. wrong with. I mean, when you grow up somewhere and you're from somewhere, like that's just 
My my family literally bleeds black and gold. Like it's I no mean, you joke. think you that might, you might want to get that checked out? <laughs> yeah, I would say you figure being from Pennsylvania, you pull for like a good team like Philadelphia Eagles or something. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm from Pittsburgh. At least I'm not a bandwagon, and every year like. Oh go no, with not if you're, you're definitely not a bandwagon if you're sticking with them this <laughs> oh, year. Oh my goodness. Uh-oh. I can't say anything. I, I pull for one of the worst teams in the NFL also, which is the, the Raiders. Um, yeah, so I don't know why you're giving me so much crap. I mean, we, we are well, we're almost to a winning season. We're, we're borderlining it right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, sports obviously a big thing around mm-hmm. here, especially being in uh, the capital city of Columbia yep. and being right across from the stadium. The yes. stadium. We can hear the rooster crow throughout the day um, <laughs> as they do what I they I know do. the first time I heard that, I was like, what is that noise? And then realized that it was from the stadium. They seriously do that? Yeah, yeah. It yeah. Crows. yeah. Every play, once in a while. They play their music and stuff. You'll hear it. You'll, we'll take you Oh, outside. I thought you were hey, joking. We'll, no, no. We'll, do, we'll do a field trip <laughs> okay. just for you. We'll go right outside the museum <laughs> and just wait for the rooster. Make sure to do it on our break. Yeah. Do it on our break. <laughs> we'll go out there and make sure, see if the rooster crows over at the stadium. Um I, I keep relative track on on uh, on pro football, but college football I definitely I follow. Uh, I bleed the wrong color to be here in the the Columbia area. Um, yeah, Clemson not, fan, yeah, and I'm not a bandwagon Clemson fan. I I was there, I was there during the rough times. Um, See, everybody has rough times. Yeah, um, but I mean it's the Steelers. Oh my gosh, whatever. All right, um, but this has been a wild. Uh, College season so far. I don't know if y'all yeah. track and keep up with stuff. I'm not big on like you got homework, up. man. Yeah, I'm, I got I'm officially giving you homework. You need to go <laughs> review the college football season so that I'm, we can have this discussion. I mean, I'll I'll pull for if South Carolina, any of the Clemson or any South Carolina, Carolina teams, teams any playing. any team within South Carolina is playing, yeah. uh, uh, like you, an outside uh, yeah. team or something like that you, from you South Carolina. For? I'll pull for them. But when it comes down to Clemson and South Carolina, no. I'll pull for Clemson. That's, I feel that's like good. he's just fucking he up. He just, he, he just got a better <laughs> spot. No, no. He just got a better workstation <laughs> than what oh, you yeah, have okay. now. You're giving up your computer area, and he gets to move up. Oh, okay. And you're moving you're mm-hmm. moving down the chain. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not a Carolina fan, too, are you? Yeah. Uh, but see, the thing is, I didn't grow up with college, so college yeah, really no, wasn't a thing yeah. until yeah. I moved down here. And really, I mean, who do y'all have? Pitt? Pitt and oh. Penn State, but I mean, it and where the area nah, we're from, it's mainly NFL. Yeah, where it's not big nah. college. Pitt there. and Penn State are good. You know, we're obviously talking a little bit of trash. You know about everybody's college teams and pro teams. But it's crazy because if you look over the last five, six, seven years, like the way that football has gone, it's like every year teams flip-flop like they did really good last year and then all of a sudden next year because they lose all their good players like they have to start from scratch so i mean every year you never know what's going to happen yeah does powerlifting have that same issue no (laughs) i almost almost got that out with a straight face (laughs) i mean is there heavy recruiting in the powerlifting community i mean Uh, it's (laughs) usually the I don't know. It's usually the people. It's not like a very popular thing. Usually, yeah, people no. want to do the the buys and tries and haves, and that's about it. Um, yeah, uh, it's usually like the you very. It's a bunch of loners who usually do uh, powerlifting. Powerlifting. Yeah. So it's a very solo type event. Like, yeah. given if y'all basically, if you didn't have weights, y'all would be gaming nerds. Which I can say that because I'm a gaming nerd. 
I mean, you might be on the right track. The people I've seen that powerlifting, it's like, okay, we're gonna do gaming or something. Like, I'm, not, I'm not lying. Like, there's like legit people, and I'm like, oh wow. That, I mean, so they could bond. So if how they, do if you, you just even get that into out. that? Um, like, you know, obviously, you do it or try to, or do you do any of it yourself? So uh, powerlifting, like uh, com- competing. No, I just like doing. I kind of like doing my own thing. It, it, it's like with school sports. It's kind of like, oh, this is great work on the team and all, but I, I just kind of like doing my own thing. With powerlifting, I so, was like, so what sport do you do then? Uh, other than you just I, made up your own game, you're that kid. You're that kid. Like everybody's over playing pick up stick ball in the front yard, and you're like, no, nah, I'm gonna go make up my own game in the corner. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're learning stuff about people on this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, so, I just wanted to see like, well, what? How far can I push myself? And so, have you gone to a powerlifting competition? No. I'm not, no. Nah. You're not a very good fan at all, are no, you? No, I'm not. I, I got the social media. This is <laughs> okay. So, I can be just, everywhere at once. Two and three second snippets. Huh? Yeah, there anything, we go. Anything else is too much for you. But uh, so there you go. There's there's a little sports history, I guess, from everybody sitting at the table. Now, where did you grow up? Because I don't think I know this. So, I grew up right outside Cherryville, uh, Cherrydale, over at uh, over in Greenville. Okay. So, if you just said Greenville, we would have won. Yeah. That. So I, that, I, that answer would have been correct. So over at the uh, kind of like the the at the bottom of like Paris Mountain. Okay. Over in that area, and yeah. so grew up in that area. Then eventually moved up to the Traveler's Rest area, which is. Uh, behind uh, Paris Mountain. It's still in Greenville, yeah? Yeah, still So Greenville. Greenville's still the correct answer. Yes, Greenville's okay, still okay, the correct right. answer. For all, those, uh, for all those folks over in uh, Greenville that are listening. Uh, yeah, it's in Green- Greenville's fine. Uh, yeah. So you are a South Carolina native then? Yeah. I am. Okay, all right. Just watch Just watch that seat move down <laughs> just constantly. My seat is permanent. I don't know what you're talking about. So uh, your seat rolls. <laughs> hey, so does yours, buddy, and it can go right out the door. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so we, uh, that was that was pretty good, actually, Baker. Hey, was, I learned from the best. Was, I've yeah, been that's, hanging around that's you what, too long. That's my one uh, comeback for the year. I'll have to wait, I'll have to wait till next year. For okay, the so, look at that. I'm, I'm I'm almost impressed. I've never seen you be quite so sassy. <laughs> But everyone's pushing my buttons today. Everybody's pushing your buttons today. I get you. I get you wound up. It ain't no problem. Um, but let's see what's going on around the, in the guard here uh, around this time of the year. Um, we got uh, best warrior. Best warriors coming up. Not too much longer. We got a couple more months for that. That'll be around the first of the year in January. Uh, Gaffy. Yeah, Gaffy. Gaffy's coming up. Yep. Um, uh, which is they use part of that for the best warrior. Best warrior. Mm-hmm. Gaffy's tough, man. I know. It's like an Iron Man type event thing. It's brutal. Yep. I get tired watching them do it. Yeah, I was I, like, uh, I would swim at the, uh, I would swim and then trying to see like, okay, how far can I swim? I'm like, oh gosh, even trying to do that in a uniform and all that stuff. Have you know? done the Gaffney? No, I haven't. Uh, not just saw pictures. And I was like, okay, that's enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's nothing. No, I just got to bring a sweat just it. watching. You got to watch in person. I was saying, I know you're not going to bring up your, your, 30-second swim with the camera. Oh, my gosh. I, I know we weren't going to gold medal that moment again, no. were we? Okay. Uh, so, what so, is this? Oh, Lord. Let her you, you don't tease let, me. No, you no, might as well bring it yeah, up. Yeah, let her tell you now. You don't brought it up. Go ahead. You're the one that brought it no, up. No, no, no. Go ahead. So when we were shooting the Best Warrior competition this past January, we wanted to get some pool shots. And so, of course, me, 
being the guinea pig for everything, I had to get in the pool, which was fine because it was a good learning experience because, I mean, what other times are we ever going to be in the water other than probably when they do the gaffy? And so I had to get in the water and shoot some footage for the overall Best Warrior competition video. So, well, What and easy bring, was it? I mean, no. And I was I was holding on to the little buoy things. On the, Here she goes. She's about pool. to martyr herself right now. <laughs> oh, it was uphill both ways in the pool. No, I'm not. It it definitely was not as bad as what they had to go through. But no, watching but them still, was. But that little taste will tell you. Oh yeah, it's rough. Yeah. Where and did that, they? Where did, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Uh, so where did they do the uh, the swimming event at? Um, Is that last Texan? year, they, last year they um they actually did at USC. Gave us a spot, but they have done it at Fort Jackson and stuff before. I'm not sure. Okay. Where it'll be this year coming up, yeah. which uh, we're we're not too far from that, uh, are we? Nope. Well, even for the Gaffey, I don't really November. know. November. November, yeah. Veterans Day weekend. Veterans Day weekend. So um, we'll have that coming up. So hey, maybe, we, maybe we can find out the information of where the swim and all that stuff is going to be. Maybe we can put it out on the podcast and, and let people know. Yeah, because we had um, – well, we were over in Germany last year. We actually had uh, an opportunity for our unit. We were able to send some soldiers to actually take the Gaffey in Germany. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, – we, we sent – we sent like fourteen of them. They they all did great. Um, it was it was fun for them because they were uh, I don't know being able to do that. You're also with uh, active duty uh, units as well. But we were act- we uh, our unit was able to have soldiers actually take uh, or compete in the Gaffey in Germany. So yeah. not many can say that they've done yeah. that before. Right? Yeah. I mean it's I mean it's cool enough just to get it, but mm-hmm. say yeah, I actually got it in Germany. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's pretty. That's pretty wicked. Um, of course, holiday season's rushing up on us here. Yes, uh, this year has flown by so fast. I mean, we're right around the corner for Halloween for people who celebrate and involve themselves in that holiday. And then, I mean, Thanksgiving's right around the corner from that. Mm-hmm. That's a big one for me. I'll be gone for two <laughs> weeks. I'll be out in the woods getting dirty. Um, and then Christmas, New Year's. and Right back at it. Right back over. in the year. Um, so I mean, there's there's really this this jam packed headed through through this part of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, mine's Thanksgiving though. Two weeks out in the woods. What do you do? Nothing. <laughs> uh, absolutely. You just live down by a van down by the river. Down by the river. <laughs> Good reference. Um, uh, <laughs> no, nah, we go out um, myself and and all the the well, I say all the males, but majority of the males in my family would mm-hmm. go camping for. Uh, two weeks usually myself my cousin my dad my son joins us uh, my other cousin his couple of kids uh, maybe my other cousin and then a couple of friends or whatever I think the biggest group we've ever had down there has been about 20 something people we do Thanksgiving Jeez. dinner that's uh, crazy I didn't realize that in South Carolina yeah okay uh, Santee we go out Santee uh, we've been actually um, I've been going there since I was six years old uh, my dad started going there when he was six years old and my grandfather had went down there, I think, several years even before then. So we've, as a family, we've been doing this probably closing into 70 years in total. Wow. That we always go. And, uh, you know, we set up our tents. We set up a, a kitchen area. Uh, we fish. We hunt. Uh, we, we do a lot of napping. <laughs> uh, Disconnect from the world. Yeah, I do all the cooking while we're down there. Uh, I run the I run the kitchen, so... 
it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. My, my son enjoys it. He's been going actually since he was, I think the first time I took him, he was about two and a half. So he was still in diapers when I took him down there. I think he was in diapers. If he wasn't in diapers, one day this will embarrass him. I said he was still in diapers. I don't know. I feel like two and a half is still a normal age to be in diapers. That might be wrong. My wife might see this and be like, what did you do to our child? <laughs> you scarred him for I don't life. know. I could have swore he was in diapers. Maybe pull-ups. Maybe it was pull-ups. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, but, yeah, it's it's always fun. A lot of shenanigans down there. Um, uh, how about y'all? Y'all got y'all got big holiday things not just thanksgiving because uh, everybody yeah everybody kind of has a holiday you know usually not you obviously mm, because no. you're you're a power lifter person and <laughs> oh, why, yeah. why do why do holidays when you can be in the gym lifting uh, gains giving gains giving <laughs> that's a first <laughs> i feel like that's gonna be in the urban dictionary one day <laughs> <laughs> I hope you get cited for, <laughs> you know, get oh credit gosh. for that. How about you, Baker? Let's go oh, over to man. you since let's see what you actually do. Cause. Well, I mean, it's, it kind of sucks being, like, I mean, I've been in South Carolina since I was seven, but beforehand uh, we always did Thanksgiving at my grandmother's, big dinner, and then um, Christmas time we would go to the cabins. Um, now, was that side of your family Italian? No, that was my mom's side. They're okay. German, uh, mainly Irish, so. I think, some. Yeah. But, yeah, Christmas Eve, we would go to my dad's side. But mm-hmm. once we moved to South Carolina, all that kind of just fell apart and so stopped doing it. You don't do anything big anymore? Not really. Um, my family still, on well, my mom's side, still does Christmas, um, a family Christmas party. Because uh-huh. my great-grandmother, that's where the cabin started. We would go to the cabins, um, and then everybody that couldn't stay at the cabin, for I think we would do it for a week. Um, would come one night and we would do like the Christmas party and then um, once we stopped going to the cabins we still had the Christmas party every year for my great-grandmother so she could see everybody at one time and then she recently passed two or three years ago I believe and they've still continued to do that so luckily I've been able to go up the last two or three years for that Um, this year I'm gonna try to go but just depends on work and drill and all that fun stuff but I mean our traditions have kind of changed over the years. So but that's what we do. Well, I'm going to give you some advice. I'm going to give you all some advice. If you don't have a tradition, go ahead and start one. Yeah. Let let you be the starting point. Um, it, it's great if you have a continuation of a family tradition, but it's worth it to have it. And this is why. This is this is from a slightly older man's perspective. Not too much older than y'all, but just slightly. Mm-hmm. Don't let uh, him fool you. Okay. <laughs> Grandpa Simpson. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, we go to the island, it's a lot of fun, and we goof off, and it's relaxed time, and you're free to come and go as you please. Little will just wander out into the middle of the island, and I won't know where he is, which is fine. That's up to him. Um, if he makes it back, then good for survival, but if not, you know, survival of the fittest. He, he wasn't meant to make it Wait, back. Where, where are we going with this? Don't, just stay with me, man. <laughs> okay, don't, I got totally don't, lost. Don't, no, don't, don't, tr- don't sidetrack me. Um, little is his son. Little's my son. Oh, okay. Um, I think that's why he was confused. Okay. But outside of that, it's, um, you know, it's an awesome time that every year that we take time to remember. Because obviously my grandfather has passed and he doesn't go. Um, uh, one of my cousins, his his dad has passed and he doesn't go. My uncle, he passed away. But there was a lot of fond memories down there with them. And we tell 
the same stories every year. Mm-hmm. And, and even some of the friends and stuff that used to come with my dad when they were younger because they duck hunted and stuff. And the mass amounts of stupidity that they did, um, like wooden boats. <laughs> they would just build their boats. Wouldn't go buy a boat. Just get a sheet of plywood, slap some sides on it, throw some sealer in the corners, and across the river they would go. With a bunch of stumps, if you've never seen Santee. A lot of stumps. They've sunk a lot of boats out there. But That's you know, why they keep building them, so they don't have to go buy new ones. Well, they just we wind. upgraded. Oh, gotcha. We have we have boats now. Okay. Um, but yeah, all the silliness that they 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 did, and some of the silliness we continue to do. Um, and I think that's really. I mean, it's nice to have the vacation. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy the two weeks away from her. <laughs> from her. Um, I'll take no, notes. Yeah, take notes. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, it really is is, is time to to remember you know all our family and stuff uh, and we we tell stories and even about some of our pets and stuff like that uh we tell stories and it's a good thing and and my my son you know i i got to i'm kind of in that generation gap right now uh, as far as going down to the island where my age group is or compared to my father and then my son and stuff um but my son gets to learn about all these these family members and stuff and what we used to do down there that he had never met. So he has some understanding of his great grandfather, even though he's never met him because, you know, so if you don't have a, a good tradition, I don't care if it's religious based or holiday based or whatever it is, it's worth starting one day. It'll matter mm-hmm. one day. It'll matter. I completely agree. Yeah. Cause I mean, I miss growing up and being around family and doing those every year, like, we all go to grandma's and then Easter we would all have Easter egg hunts and we just don't do it anymore because everybody's everyone has their own lives everybody's moved to other states and cities so it definitely makes it a lot harder how about you powerlifting boy (laughs) um Thanksgiving we usually go to my uncle's he's got a yeah he's got a big enough uh facility Mm -hmm. or you all weight lifted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, he's got a big enough area for. It's uh, like here's your protein shake and your weight. Go to the corner and start <laughs> lifting. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we do that. We'd um, um, my mom's side of the family. We'd all get together. Not so much my dad's side of the family. They they live up uh, in Ohio, so can't really do that. Um, we used to when we were younger. Now is usually everyone individually is at their house. Um, when it comes to Christmas. Uh, Christmas morning, everyone's at their individual house. Then with uh, Christmas Eve is when everyone uh, no, Christmas, gets together. Yeah, it yeah. was when everyone gets to. You meant uh, Christmas evening. Yeah, Christmas evening. Excuse me. I'm not good. If you could tell, I'm not good with words. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you're good with weights, though. Yeah, that's what yeah. matters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got our very own living macho man, Randy Savage, here in the studio with us. Do you even know who that is? Macho. Yeah, no, I do. No, yeah. okay, all right. It's fine. Um, so, well, that's good. You got to know us a little bit better. Um, so let's uh, let's kick this over and, and talk about the Sergeant First Class retired Sorensen yes. uh, interview and stuff. And we're going to bring up some of the topics he talked about, and we're going to play you the, the clips of where he talked about it, and then we're just going to kind of discuss them a little bit and see where our opinions lie on things because – I think he had some interesting topics and some some interesting perspectives, obviously from from his actual life and things that he's experienced. So, mm-hmm. let's uh, let's start out there, Sergeant Baker. What, what do we what do we got first? What are we delving? What topic? I mean, first and foremost, he basically is talking about 
um, his transition into civilian life and just how he feels the the military prepares you well to retire, but to put you in the mindset of the retirement and hanging up the uniform. And um, they don't do so well in helping you keep that job or whatever it is that you're trying to do to fulfill that time that they just prepare you for the retirement, but they don't prepare you for after. Okay. Well, let's, let's listen to the clip from Sergeant First Class Retired Don Sorensen and hear it in his own words. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you guys about today is that transition because the Army, well, the military Department of Defense as a whole does a really good job of getting soldiers ready to transition from the military life to the civilian life when it comes to your household affairs are in order, you've got your pay straightened out, you got your travel orders taken care of, they give you some time to find a job. But what they don't talk to you about is hanging up the uniform and what that really does to you psychologically. It's, my wife says I got PTSD from becoming a civilian, and it's almost true. <laughs> you know, when we're in, one of the things that we always have is a mission. We've always got that job in front of us, and it's clearly defined. You know what it is. You know that the person on your left and your right have your back. They're there to support the mission. They're there to help you with whatever it is that you need to do. But that is absolutely not true when you hang that uniform up and become a civilian. So as good of a job as the military can do to prepare you, to help you with the interview skills and for landing that job, what they really don't do a good job of is helping you keep that job. So that was, uh, that was kind of an interesting take on, on, on his experience coming out of the military and into the civilian sector, as it were. Now, I think the first thing you got to kind of look at here is <clears throat> he spent most of his career on active duty. Mm-hmm. Um, so M-Day soldiers, the question is, is th- th- those type of same uh, scenarios kind of apply where it is hard to transition back into the civilian force? I mean, I think it is because even though I'm still in, I've experienced uh, difficulties with the civilian world as far as employment and them not understanding fully the military and what we go through, the things we do. And, I mean, even just going, like, graduating high school and having a part-time job and then going to basic and you're just you're doing you have a mission you have an end goal and you're with people doing the same task for however many months or weeks and then you come back and you're kind of just thrown back into the world and it might be a little bit different different than retirement but it's still kind of the same in a sense because you had that structure for so long and you're still over here doing it part-time, but you're trying to reintegrate back into civilian life. And, like, you get a job, you go to school, college, whatever. And um, I've had uh, instances where my employer wouldn't work with my drill schedule, and they made it seem like it was my problem. Even though you go to them and say, hey, you give them your schedule a year out. And it's just little things like that, and I feel like even – being in or retiring, you kind of being guard is a lot different than being active duty. And it, but then it's kind of the same, like you're dealing with the same things. You know what I mean? Even when you're still in and yeah, I mean, you got, you got some of that. I, I see what you're, what you're kind of saying there. Um, 
I would say, I would say M day soldiers generally probably have a, a little bit higher adaptability. Is that a word? We'll, we'll, we're going to make it a word. Okay. We're going to put that in there with gains giving. I, I don't even know. Gains giving. Gains giving. Um, but I, I think I think M day soldiers can be a little bit more adaptable to those situations because they generally do work in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I, I think I think when you're talking to M day soldier, I think you're you run into a struggle of what they deal with day to day of constantly being torn between two worlds. And I say it's day to day; it's not necessarily day to day. But you know, you go from you know you're, you're packing boxes at Amazon or something like that, and you're on this type of schedule work environment. And then all of a sudden you got to switch over, throw the uniform and walk in the door, you know, be completely proficient in this world. You might be infantry or mm-hmm. a medic or whatever it is. Um, of course, there's a chance that you work in cargo and you, you're packing boxes there also. Um, and so you constantly have to kind of flip flop between these, these two worlds, but I, I think they have a better opportunity to adjust to the civilian sector than what an active duty person would or a full-time person. I mean, even, even technicians, because I mean, realistically we're wearing uniform to work where we fall in the same structure and things like that. And, um, and so, yeah, it, I mean, it definitely, it, it can be very different. Um, so, uh, I feel like they're they're they're. I don't feel like he's completely wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I definitely see that there there's some struggle there. I think it just varies. I think it, I think it everybody's varies. situation is yeah, always going to be different. It's, it's going to vary mm-hmm. person to person, and what they feel and, and and how that goes. So what what do we got next? What's what's the next topic we got from? Um. So he talks about how we have shared experiences being in the military, whether whatever branch service. So whenever you see those individuals out and about, you share a bond with them that you wouldn't in the, with somebody in the civilian sector. And having um, an employer or, um, or somebody that you work for understand um, your needs as far as poss- like being full-time working with them, but then also your part-time in the military so having when you get out them understanding like where you're coming from as prior service and then reaching out to individuals who you share those common interests with okay well let's let's hear it from him and, and see how he puts it we have shared experiences that cause us to bond there's nothing like that out there uh you know oh well i was in the same fraternity you know we're both uh you know Sigma Phi's or whatever, well, big whoop, you know, you didn't sweat together, you didn't bleed together, you don't have that common bond that we forge, that you and I, you know, if if we're out and I see another soldier that's struggling, if I've never met that person before, I'm going to try to help. Right, just based off of the fact that they're in uniform. Oh, yeah, and I tell you, in uh, uh, once you leave this brotherhood or sisterhood, this this family that we're a part of, People will stick their nose in their phones, and they will walk by like you're you're not hurting at all. And it's it's sad. It's unfortunate. I, I mean, how do you take those military values though and transition them into the civilian world? It's it's tough. I think it's impossible almost. We have, as a military institution, 
a bona fide reason to care about each other. And once you leave the military, you no longer have that connection. And even with your former brothers and sisters in arms, because the longer I'm out, the less shared experiences you and I have. Because now I can't talk to you about that colonel that you and I both dislike. And Colonel, if you're watching, he doesn't really. There's, there's not a shared colonel that we dislike. Right. I'm just, as, an, as an example, right. if, you know, you leave, and not only is that person that you could kind of gang up on that because, oh, well, you know, he's doing this to me and this to me, and, you know, we, but we can lean on each other and get through it. Well, you know, that person's gone, and it's somebody else now that I have no idea who you're talking about. And out here in the civilian world, the experiences I'm having, you can't relate to because it's not your, your burden. So the unfortunate thing from the veteran community is the, it's, we start drifting out of each other's orbit. And there's not really, it's nobody's fault, you know, it's just the nature of, of living. Uh, you know, and, and really for me to find someone that I cared about and, and could uh, count on and didn't feel like was out to get me, I had to get a dog, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and I think that's kind of what it comes down to. The biggest thing, and... You know, let's let's talk veteran suicide for just a minute here, because you know it it is horrible, and um, and I never thought that I would understand where they're coming from, and I'm not. It's not like I'm starting to feel suicidal, but I understand. You go from having a network and people that you care about and that you can rely on to where you truly do feel alone. Even I mean, you know, I'm fortunate enough that I'm married to the same person for almost 30 years now. So she understands me. She gets me. My daughter's in the military. My wife is a veteran. So um, I still have someone at home that has that. But I could I'm just imagining if. If I wasn't, if I had been divorced before I left the military, if I didn't have any other family that was military and understood some of the things I'm going to, and all of a sudden I'm out here and I'm having to deal with a world where it it seems like nobody cares about you. And it truly does start to feel that way. You know, the um, uh, if you're watching this, if you're listening to this, you've probably got a buddy that's transitioned out of the military recently. And or you know what the ones that are recently aren't quite the the concern. The guy that's been out for a year, eighteen months, two years, man, he's probably feeling like everybody's forgot him and nobody cares about him. Reach out to them, you know, let them know that you still think about them. But letting those those guys know that they're not forgotten, you know, and even if it's not true, say, man, this job's not been the same since you've left. Yeah, you're probably blowing smoke, but you know what? It's it's a good kind of smoke. I think I almost have a little bit of a leg up because when I got out of the Marine Corps, I was a civilian for eight years before I joined the Guard. But that was one of the reasons I came into the Guard. I missed it. You know, I missed having that camaraderie. And, you know, you hear it, it almost starts to become cliche. Oh, the camaraderie of being in the military. Well, guys, it's true. It really is because once you step away, um, it's you, you just you can't find that anywhere else. All right, so... That was uh, Don Sorensen talking about bonds and stuff amongst military members and the fact that we, because we're in uniform, we have some kind of immediate attachment to one another. It's easy for us to, 
I guess, make friends with one another type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? I don't know if I 100% agree with that right out the hole. Why not? Well, this is the thing. is is I, f- I think it drills down a little bit further than that. And, and, the, and maybe this is just my perspective because I was medical. And the medical community in the military is kind of its own entity. Uh, infantry is kind of the same way. And I think it goes that way once you start talking MOS to MOS. And I think you have liked experiences inside your MOS, not necessarily your, your, um, your branch, your military branch. Um, like I can go talk to an Air Force public affairs person at this point in time easier than I could go talk and relate to an infantry soldier in the Army. So I don't know if it's so much, I mean, I kind of get what he's saying. The fact that, you know, because we're all wearing the same uniform, we, but I think the shared experience part actually differs a great deal depending on what your job is. Um, when I was medical, like I said, I go, I go back when I was medical in the Air Force, um, I didn't feel like anybody had the same shared experiences as me in the rest of the Air Force, you know? Um, I definitely didn't know what it felt like to fly on an F-16, and they didn't know what it was like to save somebody else's life. So I had a whole different level of stress. I mean, obviously, there's a certain amount of we're wearing the same uniform, we're one team, one fight, but I think our personal experiences even narrow down even more than that, which kind of leads into what he talks about when you become a veteran. You don't have that shared experience anymore with the uniform or those, you know, those smaller groups or your career fields with inside the military. And I, <clears throat> I think, you know, I guess it depends on the veteran also how much they really still want to be involved with uniformed people. Uh, for some people, once they're veterans and they're out, they don't, they don't necessarily care to ever see a uniform again, uh, where other ones still want to be very much a part of it. And I think there are opportunities for veterans to do so if they reach out, volunteer stuff, and whether it's, you know, at events or a museum or, or whatever it may be that's affiliated with, you know, some branch of the military. No, I mean, I completely, I, I understand where both of you are coming from. I understand that he, as a whole overall experience, is basing it off of just wearing the uniform, whether you run into somebody that was in the same branch or same, whatever the case may be. And then I understand where you're saying as far as it's deeper than just the uniform, because when I was an MP, I mean, Deploying with those guys is different than being in a unit with these new guys coming out of basic and EIT. They don't understand the level of like closeness that you have with these people, but then also coming over into the public affairs world, it's the same way. Like it, it, you just you start get disconnected, but you still have that common bond in the core there. But things just change over time, and so I get where he's coming from with with that, as well as where you're coming from with it. Yeah, so you're just entering, a, like you said, coming from a MP to public affairs, you're entering a, a new realm mm-hmm. of like of a, for, uh, a foreign area that you don't really know, but everyone else has it. There's more going on than what you see or the connections. Yeah, because you're the newest in this realm. Yeah, that's why I'm just trying to get the uh, trying to understand the the climate of the. So do you? Well, that's a good question. Let, let's pose this question real quick then. So since you're new to us, and and like we discussed earlier, you're a 14 Sierra, mm-hmm. you're part of the Double A community, and I was I was I was up there at one point in time myself. Um, do you feel at this point in time, as early on with us, do you feel like you have a connected shared experience with the the public affairs community as a whole at this point in time? It's definitely growing. Um, realizing, I guess, learning, I guess, yeah, learning, uh, who everyone's at, uh, who everyone is. And, uh, it's, 
It's different. It's, uh, it's, it, it's definitely a more... Uh, but it's not it, a hard connection, per se, like the guys you work with on, on the uh, Avenger systems and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, y'all get each other. Yeah, we we understand. It, it, right. it's, this is like, I'm having to realize, like, uh, this, that is it, this is a different environment. It's yeah. more uh, more office instead of out, you're out, yeah. you're out in the woods. You're so you're out, building you're, the connections here. You haven't mm-hmm. fully absorbed over into it. So that's what yes. I'm saying. But, I mean, obviously we, we like each other just based off of the fact that we have the connection because I see that you're, uh, you know, Army National Guard member, and I'm an Army National mm-hmm. Guard. We have that in common, but as far as our deep, connection to each other we don't have it maybe two three years from now working in public affairs and we're like hey you remember that time we went and covered the storm and i took this picture and that and whatever else yeah that's how those bonds kind of built that's where i'm at with things gotcha i mean i completely understand from both sides of course you do (laughs) Uh, um but this is an opportunity for folks to chime in that are on youtube and stuff what do you think you know i mean do you think uh um you know, there's automatic bond just because we put on the uniform, or is it something deeper than that? Uh, do you think our veterans get, you know, left behind? Um, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think they're forgotten. I think there is, obviously, like he said, there is a separation of having like experience. They've I, moved on in life. I guess it uh, I guess it depends on how they move on. I guess um, how they end things. Or they, from what I've gathered from the people that are getting out that have done their 20 or about to hit their 20, it, they're they're it, they just don't they're the connection there that they had with when they when they went to guard i mean they they enjoyed it like, yeah, right. and all that stuff yeah. like they and it's like the, when they would talk about the times back then with the old guard and stuff like that um and then the connections like once they get out once they get out of the guard whether it's their 20 years or after their whatever uh contract they're just not as close as versus Showing up to the weekend, like, hey, how's going? How's yeah, everything? Catching up with everybody. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'll speak of experience because I've been all over the place in jobs and stuff. I mean, I've worked all over the place, all kinds of different stuff from being a butcher to being in medical and everything else. And you have your friends and your acquaintances while you're at work. Very few of them do you have actually travel with as you move on because you've lost that connection. You've lost that reason to, to talk to that person. You know, it's hard to talk to somebody that's at work every day when every day you're out fishing. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's not a whole lot of discussion other than you telling them fish stories and them telling you, God, we're busy. <laughs> <clears throat> right? So, all fairness. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that kind of wraps us up in, to the end of it. Uh, uh, just to reiterate, make sure you like, subscribe, hit notification buttons. All the cool stuff you're supposed to do on YouTube. Same thing with iTunes. Um, we're still looking for those 500 subscribers. Yes. I mean, I guess they don't want to see a bloopers video. I guess not. I guess they don't think you're funny enough. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you guys, we got some good stuff. So you better start telling your friends to like and subscribe. Yeah. I'll say the very first pilot one by itself is hilarious <laughs> if we still have that yeah, saved sure anywhere. So, um, yeah, it's good stuff. All right. Well, I'm Sergeant Chelsea Baker. I'm Specialist David Erskine. And I'm Sergeant Tim Andrews. And we'll catch you in the next episode.